Last week we looked at blessed are the pure in heart and that was all about our relationship with God. Today we're looking at being peacemakers and that's about our relationship with each other. In 2014, Helen and I visited Israel and among the places we visited was the Mount of the Beatitudes. And up there, there was a beautiful garden that looked down on the Sea of Galilee. And as we walked around the garden, the beatitude that impressed me the most was this one. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so as we look at this topic this morning, ask yourself, am I a peacemaker? Or do I stir up dissent and disunity? This beatitude is actually the focal point of the beatitudes. And it represents the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry on earth. Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. Peace is a key part of God's character. In Hebrews 13 verse 20, it refers to God as being the God of peace. In Isaiah 9 verse 6, it is a prophecy concerning the coming Messiah, Jesus, and he is referred to as the Prince of Peace. And so if we are God's children, we need to be like our Heavenly Father, and we are all called to be peacemakers in this world. So let's clarify what biblical peace is all about. It's more than just the absence of conflict or hostility. It's not about escaping from reality. You know those people retire and get a nice little house by the beach or the lake and they just want to live in peace for the rest of their life? It's not escaping the normal routines of life. God offers us peace right here and now wherever we are. The word for peace in the Old Testament is the word shalom. And that word means wholeness and harmony in all of our relationships. Wouldn't that be amazing if we got on well with every single person we know? And shalom is also a greeting. And it's a desire for freedom from disturbance and a sense of well-being. Peace is the ultimate blessing to people constantly under attack by enemies. Israel was surrounded by enemies. There was often war between Israel and its neighbours. There are three main types of people in this world. There's peace breakers, peace fakers and peacemakers. We live in a world full of peace breakers. The world has been at peace for just 8% of recorded history. Over this period, 8,000 treaties have been made and broken. Peace
this has been described as that glorious moment in history when everybody stops to reload. So while there is peace, they're building up their weapons so that when they start the war again, they can knock their enemy on the head. Are you a peace breaker? Do you bring people together or pull them apart? It's much easy, easier to create conflict than it is to promote peace. Are you a peace faker? In Jeremiah 6 verse 14 it says, They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And so often, in an effort to avoid conflict, we pretend that we're at peace when we're not. Tensions get buried, and they will return if they're never dealt with. Phil Morgan writes, If things are not resolved, then that peace you're trying so hard to maintain by avoiding the issues will get harder and harder to keep. Eventually there will be a total meltdown in the relationship. It can die while everything on the surface looks peaceful. So if you bury things, if you bury issues, eventually they come to the surface and cause problems. Ephesians 4 verse 25 challenges the peace fakers amongst us. And it says, Therefore each of you must put off lies and falsehood, and speak truthfully to his neighbour. For we are all members of the one body. Then there are the peacemakers. It's easier to break or to fake peace than to make peace when there's conflict. A key role of any leader is to actively create a peaceful environment and to develop leaders amongst you who have also got that skill of keeping the peace, to pursue peace until we have it, and then guard it or we'll lose it. I'm really pleased that as a congregation, we are a united people in most areas. And it, but if there is some little area that's fermenting, if there's something that you're not happy about, we want to know about it. It's important that people are valued and loved and informed and able to share their thoughts and ideas. Warren Wearsby said, Hatred looks for a victim, while love looks for victory. The man of war throws stones and the peacemaker builds a bridge out of those stones. So you might be in an environment where people are throwing stones, where people aren't happy. Go to them. Talk to them. Get to know the root of the problem. Deal with the issue. We all know people who love to complain about others, and we probably do it ourselves from time to time. There are three ways of responding to criticism. One, we can join in. We can fan the flame of anger and frustration. We can allow that issue to build from a small flame to a bonfire. We can say things like, not only that, but remember that time when... 
Or, you don't think, you think that's bad, but this is what I heard him say yesterday. This builds our collective anger and it builds a wall between us. Secondly, we may refuse to add bricks to the wall, but we serve as cement for the bricks. We just nod and say, hmm, and we give permission for them to continue to build that wall. The third option is to attempt to dismantle the wall by saying things like, have you thought about that from their perspective? Do you think they may have done something do you think you may have done something that contributed to this situation? Actually, I've talked to them about some of this and they feel like this. They're going through a very difficult time at the moment. So let's look at this as an isolated event. We become peacemakers when we try to dismantle conflict and disempower division. We're to pursue peace. Psalm 34 verse 13 says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Romans 14:19, Let us aim for peace in the church and try to build each other up. Ephesians 4, 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Romans 12:18 If it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone wouldn't it be amazing if we could accomplish that that we could get on with each other that we could resolve all issues talk them through and keep in that attitude of peace and unity the church grows and prospers during times of peace in Acts 9 verse 18 it says then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit it grew in numbers living in the fear of the Lord when we are at peace with each other God blesses our unity and the church grows peace is a command from God the God of peace. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 15 God has called us to live in peace. 2 Corinthians 13 11 Be of one mind, live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. Colossians 3.15 And this is a, a great sort of um, vision for any organisation or for each of our individual lives. It says let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Is the peace of God ruling in your heart? In the biblical sense, there can be peace even during times of conflict, even in the middle of a disaster or a war. Peace is an inward state as God's power is projected into the depth of our soul. Nothing can eternally harm us as long as we are in Jesus Christ. If we are in 
Jesus Christ, our eternal future is secure, no matter what goes on around us. You know, all creatures reproduce after their own kind. If puppies are around friendly people at around 28 days of their life, then they're imprinted to be friendly for the rest of their lives. So if you've got a puppy when it's four weeks old, treat it nicely, treat it well. A parrot is most likely to copy words when it's uncomfortable, like if you leave it out in the rain in its cage. One slip of the tongue, and you may hear that word for many, many years. <laughs> and we reproduce ourselves amongst our children. Some parents say, my child will never admit when he makes a mistake. And my first thought is, I wonder where he got that from. Further questions often reveal a parent who never makes mistakes. We're well aware of the importance of the first seven years for shaping attitudes and behaviour in our children. Close family relationships during the teenage years are also for, vital for healthy development. Yesterday I took a wander over to Owen Delaney Park where they had the finals of the New Zealand under-19 regional rugby champs. The, the final was between Canterbury and Auckland and was won by Canterbury. The semi-final was Taranaki and Hawke's Bay. Now, it was fascinating just being in that environment because these guys were excellent. They're representing their, their, their province. And in this country, we have a, a rugby culture and all the talent scouts were there. Ricky Flutie, who was the skills coach for the Highlanders, and all these guys. And, and they're looking at young players coming up through the ranks. And they, they identify certain things in the players, certain skill levels, certain degrees of courage. You know, guys that go in and make the tackle and they're not worried about what's going on around them. Good team players, guys that build unity in a team, guys that are teachable, who aren't just all about themselves, they're, they're working together. The rugby union picks out people at a young age and develops them. And that's why we're the best rugby country in the world. And we should be doing the same thing in the church, in leadership, in training up people for ministry and to be used mightily by God. Our attitudes are imprinted on all those around us. One unfriendly person can sour the atmosphere for many. One person generating God's peace has an immense impact on other people. God's peace is contagious. A right attitude speaks much louder than words. Peace with God comes through having a relationship with Jesus Christ. God's presence is available to each one of us, no matter what difficulty, problem or trial we are facing. We can have God's peace in our lives. Peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called the children of God. So we are all sons and daughters of the King of the Universe. 
and we're to reflect our Heavenly Father's character. We partner with God our Father by spreading peace to a watching world. Our natural reaction will be to be godly because we are filled with God's Holy Spirit and the power of God. The Lord will use us and a feel and that feeling of peace as a guide. When we feel troubled about something, then we know we're going down the wrong track. If we feel the peace of God, we know that God is with us and that God is in agreement with what we're doing. Do you fly off the handle and shoot from the hip? Is the God of peace in control of your life? When we make a mistake, it's important to make peace with the person that we've offended. Whenever something affects the peace of God in our hearts, it's time to seek the Lord and sort the matter out. could be something that we've said, something we've done, failed to do, thought or planned to do. God wants to stop us before those ugly words that cause harm and damage come out of our mouths. When Helen and I were living in Baku, we were invited to the Turkish embassy to commemorate 100 years since the Battle of Gallipoli. In this battle, New Zealand joined with the British and invaded Turkey at Gallipoli. There was much bloodshed, much loss of life in a war that never should have happened. But during this war, each side developed a respect toward the enemies. Kiwis are liked and respected in Turkey today. If you're a New Zealander, you don't even need a visa to go to Turkey. And they like us here, there. They respect us. Kamal Ataturk fought at Gallipoli. And after World War I, he became the first Prime Minister of Turkey. He sought to live at peace and build relationship with neighbouring countries. The very first emperor of, a first Christian emperor of Rome was Emperor Constantine. And Constantine wanted Turkey to be his European capital. And he built a cathedral in what was called Constantinople in that day. Constantine, Constantinople. And he built a, a beautiful cathedral in Constantinople. But then when the Ottoman Turks took over at the end of the, the Roman period, they took that beautiful cathedral. Well, it did actually get burnt down at one point and then it was re rebuilt. But they, they took that beautiful cathedral and they turned it into a mosque. Now, Ataturk, who was a peacemaker, realised that that cathedral was loved by Christians, was also loved by Muslims because now it was a mosque. So he was a peacemaker and he said, this is not going to stay as a mosque. I am going to turn this building into a museum so that both religions can celebrate this place. 
And they plastered over these beautiful mules of scenes from Jesus' life. And they took the plaster off and you can still see the mules. And Hagia Sophia is what this building is called today. And it's the most popular tourist attraction in Turkey. So here was a man who was a peacemaker who looked at a building that was causing offence and he was wise enough to bring about a change that brought peace and brought people together. Brian Zand expresses this beatitude like this. He says, Blessed are the bridge builders in a war-torn world for they are God's children working in the family business. Hostility and violence are tearing this world apart. The Romans brought about the peace of Rome. For 200 years, there was relative peace across the Roman Empire. But this was maintained by squashing any dissent. If you didn't agree with the Roman way, you were actually crucified or put in prison. Dissenters were crucified on Roman crosses, the ultimate instrument of violence. The cruelest possible way to kill someone is to crucify them. Jesus brought a different focus to that Roman cross and a new kind of peace to the world. The true reign of Christ brings peace in its fullest sense. It is achieved by forgiving enemies and embracing our enemies as friends. Violence brings retaliation and multiplies enemies. Love brings peace. And so Jesus took the ultimate instrument of violence and turned it into a symbol of forgiveness. Cross of Jesus Christ symbolizes peace with God through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus blesses peacemakers who seek to bring his peace to a world full of anger and hostility. Living in peace builds relationship and also opens the doors to discussions about Jesus Christ. Isaiah 2 verse 4 The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. That's the dream. Instead of wasting money on munitions, spend that money on agriculture, housing, roads, building a clean environment. Look at all the money that's wasted on armaments and munitions, war in this day and age. Imagine if that money was used to help the poor and needy of this world. So here's the challenge for us today. Let's endeavour to plant seeds of peace over the week ahead. But to do so, we need to be at peace ourselves. Romans 5 verse 1 Therefore, 
Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. When God grows purity and peace inside of us, then we are able to plant it in others. If the root is right, the fruit of the Spirit will be good. We have a choice today. We can follow the world's way or we can follow God's way. Isaiah 32 verse 17 The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that Jesus is the fulfilment of peace. Lord, when we come to know you, when we surrender our lives to you, we accept you into our lives, we thank you for the peace that you bring. Lord, we pray that this crazy world that we live in, where people are arguing and fighting over very small, trivial things, pray that they will have a revelation of who you are. Lord, that your peace will come to nations and people groups. Lord, that we can live together in harmony and we can turn this world into what you intend it to be. Lord, give us the courage to deal with the issues that we are involved in where there is no peace. To take that step, to admit where we've done wrong, to extend love and forgiveness to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>